Welcome into this Five Clubs conversation. I'm Emma Carpenter, and I have a very, very special guest here with me today. This person has over 90 worldwide victories, including 72 wins on the LPGA Tour and 10 major championships. This person holds a record number of Rolex Player of the Year awards, which is eight, as well as the only female to break 60 in an official event. You know who I'm talking about? I am talking about Annika Sorenstam, the greatest female golfer of all time. This woman changed the way that women's golf was played, viewed, and covered, and was the, the first person that I looked up to myself when I first picked up the game of golf. I'm so fortunate to sit down with her today. This is one you don't want to miss. I know you're going to enjoy this lesson. This Five Clubs conversation is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip. It's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. And you might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first-of-its-kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that, on average, a focus grip of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips, refresh your game. Visit golfpride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride, respect the grip. And with that, I welcome in Miss 59, Annika Sornstam. Annika, thank you so much for taking the time today and joining me on Five Clubs. I know you have an incredibly busy schedule, so thank you so much. Of course, good to see you, Emma. Good to see you too, and happy belated birthday to you. I know it was your birthday a couple of days ago. It was. Yeah. Thank you. It was great. Spend with some friends and family and now it's a great day. I feel, um, I feel loved. So it's nice. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm glad that you got to spend it with friends and family for sure. So Annika, with everything that you've done in your life, it's, it's really just, it's hard to, to get to everything, but before we get to the Annika foundation and everything that you're doing right now, I do want to talk about your remarkably dominant career as a professional golfer. We could go on all day and all night about all of the highlights and special wins there have been for you. But I want to ask you, if you had to pick, what would the number one highlight of your career be on the golf course? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, it's hard to pick one, which is a nice problem to have. I, you know, I feel very fortunate. And, uh, you know, when I look back at my career, I achieved a lot more than I ever thought I could. And, um, you know, it's hard to single out. I mean, 17 years of professional golf and, you know, I've seen a lot and experienced a lot. And, um, but I mean, I winning the U S open in 1995, cause that was, you know, kickstarted my career. I was the second year professional on the LPGA and and you know I've always dreamed about winning the biggest tournament in women's golf which is the U.S. Open and I came from behind and and um, you know beat Meg Mallon who was one of the favorites and one of the top players in the world and I would say that that victory was you know had you know uh, such a big meaning in many many ways um, but you know obviously shooting 59 is you know it's but it has a different purpose a different meaning and a different time but um, I would probably say that that victory was uh, kind of what got me going. Absolutely. It proved to yourself, proved to 
everyone in the world that something <laughs> special was going to happen. So you were dominant, Annika. Dominant is an understatement to say uh, what you were for the years that you played. You've been vocal about the impact and the importance of the mental game, as well as practice, routine, and many other factors that that attribute to success. But when really speaking of your unmatched success on the golf course time and time again, what would you attribute that to? Well, there's um, there's nothing you can achieve in life without hard work and dedication and commitment. I would say my, you know, my focus and, you know, just wanting to be as good as I possibly, you know, could be. I think it's kind of the root of everything. I mean, I, yeah, I enjoyed, enjoyed the journey. Um, maybe not so much. I enjoy the ups, maybe not so much the downs, but that just kind of comes with the territory. Uh, but I would say it's just that, you know, constant uh, pushing, constant trying to get better and, you know, push, push myself, push the envelope and just trying to be out there and be a trailblazer. I think, is really what, you know, fired me up every morning, you know, that that's what motivated me to, you know, to really reach my full potential. So really just, you would say your desire to win and everything that you put into it is, is what you would attribute that success to? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I think this, it's not just so much, I mean, we hear this all the time, the destination and but I think kind of the, the the journey to get to where you want to achieve, you know, the, all these different journeys, because I'm, you know, I set goals and, you know, there's a journey to the first goal. There's a journey to the second goal and you just kind of keep climbing. And, you know, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed the hard work and I certainly cherished uh, the results. And, you know, when I achieved something, it was like, well, that was great. What can I do next? And then you set a new goal and then it's like, well, how do I get there? And then you somehow, you know, map it out and then, um you know, achieve that one. And then I just kind of kept going. And so I think that's what just drove me is, you know, achieving and then wanting to achieve more and just be more excited about like, what you know, how far can I get? So it was just, um, it was a really a nice ride. <laughs> you are considered to be the greatest female golfer of all time. It's such an honor to speak with you today. But when throughout your career, did you know, if you did know that that is a title that you would be that you would hold one day that you would be known to have. Well, thank you, Emma. You're so sweet. I um, I mean, I don't, you know, I I appreciate when you say that, but I guess you know, I really don't look at it that way. I mean, I'm just another human being that you know love what I do and have done it well. But you know, I I never really that wasn't really my goal. I think the goal was more just you know to be to be good at what I was doing and having fun doing it. And then kind of things just kind of led, led to, you know, just kind of follow the path, I guess. Um, but I mean, it's a nice compliment and I, I don't take it lightly. I, you know, I really honestly feel that that's, you know, privilege and an honor to, you know, to be mentioned in that manner. So, um, but again, I mean, I know what it's like to grow up. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I was in your shoes and you look at people that have done well in, in you know, in the fields that you're interested in and you look and we learn and we analyze and we, you know, improve and we, you know, we study. And I mean, I've done the same thing. I mean, I, when I joined the tour, I looked at the, you know, the Hall of Famers and like, okay, what are they doing? What can I do? And how do I push myself? And, you know, when you're a driven person, it you know, you just don't, wake up in the morning and feel like there's nothing. There's always something there's, you know, whether it's being a mom or an entrepreneur or being philanthropist, it's always this, you know, searching to make a difference, to make this day better than yesterday. And it's just, 
I know that people that are kind of driven that way and, and that's kind of how we go about things. But when people recognize it from the outside, of course, it warms my heart. I know when I first started playing golf, um, you were a person that that I immediately was watching videos of and and that I wanted to emulate. And uh, I looked up to you my entire golf career. But was there someone specifically that you looked up to in that time? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it might sound funny, but I mean, we didn't, really didn't have the, the media, the social reach, and especially not women's golf that we do today. I mean, today you can literally get any information you want at any time on whoever. And, and I mean, at that time, it was a lot of men's golf. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I saw and heard, you know, Nancy Lopez was, you know, one of the first, and then it was Betsy King and Pat Bradley and Beth Daniel. And I mean, to just name a few, obviously before that was Kathy Whitworth, but she was, you know, she was, you know, a little too, it was like my parents' generation, so to speak. So it was, you know, I, uh, but Nancy was more somebody that was like, wow, you know, she's not that far off. And then Lisa Norman from Sweden, she won the US Open in 1988 and I, I was 17. And, and I remember just like, this was a big deal in our country to win the, you know, the biggest tournament. And, and so that's when I started to, you know, dream or um, like just at least have a vision, like maybe the, if she can do it, maybe there's a chance I can do it because she comes from a small town. Um, I live in a small town. I'm from Sweden. So I think those are the things that, you know, without really knowing and paying attention, I think we're role models wherever you go. And you know, you are too, am I? And, you know, we're all different ways. People look up to people that have done well. And and that's when I started to dream. And so, but I would say uh, to finish up the answer is, you know, I looked at different people for different things. I mean, so there were, in golf, especially, it was like, well, this person drives it well. This person has power. This person is so, you know, focused, great short game, you know, just very, um, uh, you know, just have this personality. And I, I was just, I tried to learn from everybody on the things that I liked and thought, you know, if I can pick a little bit here, a little there, then maybe I can bundle it up and, 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 you know, be good at a few things. So I think that's really how I approached it, but it wasn't until I came to the U S where I was, I went to an LPGA tournament. I can see these players live and I can see, and it was just like, wow, this is what I want to do one day. That's absolutely right. There's so much to learn from people. There's so much to learn. That's amazing. With that being said, Annika, you've completely changed women's golf in so many ways, but there's so much more to you than golf. Can you tell me about some of your passions and what makes you you off the golf course? <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I mean, I obviously golf is kind of the beginning uh, and the pillar, but you're right. I mean, in the end of the day, we're just human beings that play golf and um, I would say, you know, at, at this time of my life, um, as you know, we go through all these chapters and, um, you know, my family is what's most important to our kids. We, Ava is 14 and Will is 12. And it's just fun to be able to be a parent and be able to give back and, and give them the footings, hopefully that they need. But, you know, I'm also, you know, quite driven when it comes to, you know, entrepreneurship and uh, the foundation, just making sure that, you know, make an impact in, in the next generation. And so, but I'm also quite, uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm quite homey in the sense that I, maybe because I've traveled so much that I just, I love being home. I love to cook and hang out with, we have friends come over and, and just, I don't know, I just love that part of it. Maybe because I, again, it's like when you don't get to do those things, they, you know, they're fun. Um, but I really enjoy working out and, um, I mean, living a healthy, active lifestyle is something that I, uh, not just talk about, but I would say that I, 
you know, that's just kind of part of, of our lifestyle. So yeah, other than that, I mean, I would say I'm, <laughs> you know, just a, a normal mom that takes kids to school and trying to do some homework. And then, uh, and then I play a little golf on the side. <laughs> yeah. Well, as somebody who gives yourself all the time with your foundation, all the traveling that you do, all the appearances and the clinics and everything. It totally, it totally makes sense that having that time at home and that time spent with, with your family and your friends that you cherish that you, I know that you have a beautiful family, Will, Ava, your husband, you're very close with how has, I, I know that there's been, there's been a sparked love for the game of golf from Will. How has mm-hmm. Will's love for the game affected your relationship with the game? Oh, um, by the way, Mike says hi to you. He said to say hello. Um, no, so that- I, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, we, obviously we introduced both our kids to the game early because I was traveling and, you know, we could bring them on the road and, but they really didn't show much interest early on. And so it's like, okay, well, whatever you want to do, if it's soccer or if it's volleyball or gymnastics, and then we'll just stop picking up the game now, you know, time flies, but maybe four years uh, ago really started to like really show interest, wanting to practice and learning about the game, you know, watching TV and, you know, seeing the players on the LPGA or the PGA tour and just, you know, having now is, I mean, I would say he's hooked. It's just all he thinks about, all he wants to do. Um, you know, it's just, he plays uh, a few tournaments here and there, mostly us kids, but he made, the junior varsity team at the new school they're in. So he plays a little bit and I don't know. I mean, who knows where this will go, but I, you know, to be a parent and have a child that has found their passion. And I know I'm sure parents are super uh, proud of you because you found something you love to do. And, um, and I think, you know, just waking up in the morning and seeing somebody excited about a a hobby. um, That's just, that's fantastic. And as you know, I mean, it's a hard, hard sport. Uh, It's very competitive. And so we'll see what, but it takes him, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, we obviously share that and we go and practice quite a bit and, um, and I enjoy that time together, the bonding time. And so, uh, and then we take out Ava Lo here. She doesn't have the same interest, uh, but she can, hit, she can actually hit it quite well, but she can care less. You know, she plays four holes and then she says, I'm done for the year. And even though she might make two pars, we're like, well, why don't you play a little more? But, um, you know, it's important that they do it on their own terms and not how we feel about it. <laughs> well, I mean, other other players, if Ava does continue to play, they're going to have to watch out for that because if she can <laughs> play, she doesn't really care, then she's way ahead of a lot of other people for sure. Um, so, Annika, I think that it's so special that you're able to word that, the, the way that you describe Will's passion and love for the game, like a passion like it would be for anything else. The fact that you say that you're so proud that he and excited that he wakes up and has a passion for something and a hobby that really he really enjoys and something that he wants to do, regardless of if it's golf or not, is kind of the way that you described it. Um, just in the way that you worded it, I think it's really, really special coming from you and and just your role in the entire sport. But you speaking of, of things and your passions off the golf course, you retired from professional golf in 2008. You started the Annika foundation in 2007. The goal of your foundation is just to really develop women's golf overall by encouraging and teaching children how to leave, live a healthy lifestyle through fitness and nutrition. The Annika foundation hosts junior events, amateur events, uh, collegiate events, professional events. In, in 2023, they're, uh, they're on five different continents, seven events on five different continents. In addition to your Share My Passion clinics, which I was lucky enough to help you with in Minnesota a couple of years <laughs> yeah. ago, 
but um, with everything that you've done, golf was your passion your whole life. You made history as a first female to break an incredibly long list of records. You've changed, you've already changed the game of golf specifically for women. When did you know in your life, in your career, that you wanted to change the game of golf by your actions made off the golf course? Yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, just starting out playing it for fun and my hobby and and um, and then obviously, you know, trying to achieve my goals. I think, again, things just kind of fell into place or it just kind of took me that route. And and I think when I realized that I had an opportunity to be able to give back, when I had an opportunity to really make a difference in people's lives, I mean, I guess I start taking it a little more seriously in the sense that, you know, it's you know, you can really have an impact and it, it's beyond winning a trophy. It's beyond cashing a check. It's, you know, people's lives or people's perspective on the sport or just contributions. And you're like, you know what, that, that has a value that you don't necessarily, I mean, it just, it means something, but you can't put the price tag on that. And then I just realized that that to me is, is, um, satisfactory on its own just knowing that you know you may be helping somebody on their way and um so I think it's just kind of grown but it when we put the foundation together it was just more of a like this is really happening you know I mean I I did things before but it wasn't so organized now it's more of a mission you know like we have a vision this is what we're trying to to trying to do and and we document that we share it and you know we live it and I think that's really what's made the difference is to be able to see, you know, the progress that we're making, whether it's just following players' careers or keeping in touch with them or just, you know, looking at data and, and statistics on, on girls' golf. And um, there's a lot of things I think just, you know, makes it worthwhile, the the travel and the, uh, you know, the commitment. And it's just, you know, if whether I've you know, go to Argentina. And then, you know, two years later, I see one of the girls playing for Arkansas and they, they end up and they play in our tournament in Minnesota. It's like, you know, you kind of, so you follow them, you know, from afar and just to kind of see, and now you see this young lady who's, you know, mature and getting an opportunity to learn a language, a new culture. You're like, well, I mean, that to me is just really cool. And we've seen numerous of those examples where, you know, they grow from you know, just slowly through the game of golf. And it just makes me proud to be part of the sport and, and be able to, you know, to to help shape, you know, the next, you know, players like yourself. And I mean, uh, I know you're doing it in your way and I know you will continue to do so. And, you know, it's just, a, you know, it's it's I find it joyful as well. Well, the future is very, very bright. I know that women's golf is completely changed because of the Annika foundation and everything that you've done. And I can speak on behalf of all female golfers. When I say that we are extremely, extremely appreciative and um, just very grateful for everything that you've done. So uh, Annika, Lexi Thompson is going to tee it up in the Shriners children's open in Las Vegas. You were the first woman to compete in a PGA tour event since 1952, when you competed at the bank of America colonial in 2003, which we now know as the Charles Schwab, Annika, what do you what do you think of what's happening this weekend with Lexi? Yeah, well, I mean, we all get our fingers and toes and uh, cross for Lexi. I mean, it's 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 a great opportunity. You know, she's the only um, seventh woman to play with. You know, uh, compete against the men. So obviously, we we wish her good luck and uh, we're pulling for her. And just I think it's just 
again, it goes beyond, you know, just the, the 18 holes, 30, 36, 54, 72. I mean, it's, it's a lot more. If you listen to her interviews, it's about motivating others, inspiring others, especially young girls to fulfill their dreams, whatever they're doing. It's, you know, it's more holistic that way and not so, you know, focused on scores and drives and putts, but, you know, it's part of the game, but for her to have this platform to be able to reach out and, and share a dream that she's had for, for so long, I think it's really important. And, you know, I know that some people look at an invite and say, you know, you, and they said this with me too, you're taking a spot away from others, but I, I mean, the tournament can decide whoever they want to give it to. And they think that she's adding something to the tournament by having a part of it. And I think we should embrace that and, and, you know, not limit ourselves and, and, you know, just focus on, on such a short term um, solution. This is, I think this is great and um, wish her the very best and um, happy tuning in like many others. So it's good, good thing. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Well, Annika, five clubs, five questions here for you. First question, how would you describe what it takes to continue to go low in a round of golf when you're already at that point, when you're already going low? What does it take to really continue to keep your foot on the gas and and continue on with that great round? Yeah, I think you just hit it right there. To continue um, to push on the gas is just to continue to believe and uh, look forward, don't look backwards. Number two, do you have any superstitions on the golf course? You know, I'm not really superstitious, but I am, um, I'm all about routines. I'm all about, you know, um, doing the things that keep working. So, um, some people might think that that's superstitious. I'm more like, yeah, this is a routine I do. So, um, I like to, um, just be disciplined on what I have to do. Of all the golfers I've ever asked that question, I think you're the first person who didn't have one at all. So that that says something. <laughs> Number three, so many people really have no idea the work and the time that goes into playing golf at the highest level. When you were in the height of your professional career, what did a day in the life look like in terms of hours put in on the golf course in the gym? Well, my dad told me a long time ago, there are no shortcuts to success. So if you want to achieve something, it doesn't have to be golf. You have to be all in, you know, full force. Uh, and I'm talking physically, mentally, spiritually. Uh, it's just, that's just what it takes. And um, through hard times, um, through challenge, through thick and thin, it's just, you just got to keep on going. Number four, Annika, you've shared a lot about your struggles with nerves before competitive rounds of golf. What would be your biggest piece of advice for golfers who struggle to calm their nerves before or during the round? Well, first of all, it's very common. A lot of people get nervous. They might not see it on the in, on the outside, but they're certainly there on the inside. I think, you know, if you can be able to turn those nerves into more of a 15th club, I think that'd be very helpful. I think having nerves by first to acknowledge them is very helpful. And then two, just kind of uh, understand what makes, you know, why are you nervous? And also what are some of the symptoms and then deal with them um, one one thing at a time. And a good example is some people, you know, they rush things. So I always tell them, you know, realize that you're nervous and realize you're rushing. And then what do you do that? Then you slow down. Um, some people are the opposite. They get really slow. So it's the same thing real, you know, so trying to deal with one thing at a time, but it's okay to be nervous. And um, I would be more, um, suspicious of a nervous player than a player that's not because I think somebody who doesn't get nervous really doesn't care. That's very fair. That's right. I, I think that if you're able to 
if you're able to realize your tendencies when you're nervous, that's when you've really, you've hit the jackpot and, and uh, knowing your own game and, and what'll help you succeed. Final question. What has been the most rewarding part of the Annika foundation? Uh, just being part of some of these young girls life, just seeing how it's changed them. Um, and so it makes me smile when, you know, I've lived my dream and now when I'm seeing other young girls live their dreams, it's just, uh, it's the coolest thing. Well, the girls are very, very, very lucky to have you in their lives. That's for sure. Annika, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I know that you have a very, very busy schedule, so I really appreciate your time. And um, I look forward to hopefully seeing you again very soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Thanks for your time and uh, good work what you're doing. Thank you so much. Annika Sorensen, thank you so much for joining me today on Five Clubs. I know that all of us at Five Clubs and all of us golf fans and aspiring golfers throughout the whole world are thankful for everything that Annika's done. And we look forward to seeing so much more of her in the future. So thank you again, Annika, for joining me today on Five Clubs. And we'll see you next time.